Carla. There's blood in my hair. Twelve hours and I've still got blood in my hair. You're right. The uniformed officer standing guard by the door is staring at my face in the washroom mirror, breaking rules. She's been ordered not to talk to me. Maybe she thinks I'll faint. They took my coat away from me last night, at the scene. The blood had soaked through to the lining. There was blood on my face, too, and blood on my hands, working its way into the cracks around my nails. The doctor who examined me cleaned most of it off before declaring me fit to be interviewed. I dealt with the rest as soon as I could, ignoring the pain, scrubbing my skin red raw to get it out. Nobody told me about my hair. I pick at it with my good hand. A brownish clot glues the strands together. I wish I had scissors. I'd cut it out. Don't think about it. Don't. It's ten o'clock on Saturday morning. That's what my watch says. Without it, I couldn't even guess. I last slept for a few broken hours on Thursday night. Thursday. We had a plan in place then. I'd ceased to kid myself that I had the situation under control, but at least we had a plan. We could see a way through all this. Now there's just me in a police station toilet, pulling at my hair, trying to ignore the knot in my chest, holding myself together, sticking to my story. How many times have I rehearsed this situation in my head? But it's nothing like I imagined. My whole adult life I've devoted to the pursuit of information, the analysis of patterns, to data and cold fact. This is just another fact, isn't it? And that's how I'll get through this, how I'll remain professional, detached. But it hurts. I never guessed how much it would hurt. The officer's still watching my reflection. I'm fine, I say, really, thank you. I try to smile at her, diagonally through the mirror, but my face is gaunt and slack. Her gaze skates away. We'd better go back, she says. On the interview room table, the plastic cup of cold coffee by my seat has developed a greenish-white scum. My stomach flips, and I push the cup away. Immediately, the officer says, I could get you another. No. Too abrupt. He's only been kind. Try again. Thank you, but no. She takes the cup and goes out, shutting the door. There are voices in the corridor outside, then silence. I'm alone. More than anything, I want to put my head down on the table and weep. But any minute, they'll be back with their questions. Just one more time, Charlotte, from the beginning. What did I see? What did I hear? They're checking the details from different angles, listening for a piece that doesn't fit, because they have to be absolutely certain how much I know, or how little. So I'll start again, from their beginning, the one that makes the story neat and containable, and my part in it entirely innocent. But there are other beginnings. Eight years ago, a stranger sitting in a warehouse with a bright light shining into his face a stranger who should have been afraid, and wasn't. Or the 8th of December, just over a year ago, a woman in a dark coat crossing a hallway, her face unreadable. Or a Wednesday in January, less than four weeks ago, when Simon Johansson found me, and I learned 
about the impossible job.